You're listening to the Post-Apocalyptic Media Podcast. If it's post-apocalyptic, we're talking about it. Hello and welcome to the Post-Apocalyptic Media Podcast. I'm your host, Derek. I'm joined by Sean. Hello, everyone. And Stephanie. Hello. I just want to start off by reminding you guys, we've got a Discord, and we're in there chatting it up, talking about post-apocalyptic things. There are people in there who are talking about uh, the gear they have, the survival gear, and, and the things they like to keep with them, keep at their house, preparing for the end of the world. We've got a books channel, people uh, discussing their favorite books, movies, TV shows. I just had somebody explain um, the last episode of The Stand to me in the Discord. So things are happening in there, and if you want to join us, you're welcome to. We, uh, we in fact, want you there. And um, so go ahead and join that. That's You can find a link to our Discord at the end of um, most of our articles. And also, uh, we're going to put it in the podcast notes. So uh, make a note of that podcast note writer and um and we're gonna we're gonna invite you guys in you don't have to talk you know if you're shy or something you can kind of lurk for a little while that's what i do uh, a lot of times <laughs> yep so you know i i communicate mostly in emojis now <laughs> in real life too <laughs> <laughs> yes it's, it's a lot safer that way people yeah. just uh just get a group of four or five emojis that just encompass the whole spectrum of human emotion and you're there mm. um let's see i have a list made so that i don't uh i don't have pauses like i just did all right we've got twitch we're doing a twitch show did you know that i did Sean knew that um, because he is a well-informed citizen of, of post-apocalyptic uh, culture. And uh, go ahead and tell us, uh, when when are you doing the, the Twitch show? Well, I have been doing it consistently on Saturday nights, about 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and then throughout the week, I'll throw some out. If I, you know, if I get some time, I'll do... Uh, you know, some games here and there. And I usually what I'll do is I'll play Fallout 76, usually on Saturdays. Nice. But during the week, I like to also do uh, just some indie games, some indie post-apoc games. And uh, actually, just recently, I played uh, a demo called Beyond Mankind that uh, I saw advertised, and I, th- I thought, well, that would be cool because the demo is only available for weeks. So I said, I'll go ahead and oh. stream that. It was a lot of fun. It's a pretty cool game. Oh, okay. So if you can't get your hands on the demo, you can uh, observe Sean playing the demo. Yeah. On our Twitch stream, that's available. Uh, you know, I, I used to do a lot of that. I used to do a lot of observing, and in, uh, in arcades when I was mm-hmm. young. And now I do observing on Twitch. So things have really come full circle <laughs> for me. Uh, yeah, you played that all the way to the end, so so you yeah. get the full experience if you want that. And is that a post-apocalyptic game? Yeah, it's supposed to be after a nuclear war. They even show the nuclear bomb exploding in the in the trailer or in the the demo. Um, and the demo runs through character creation through maybe about two hours of content. And, hmm. uh, that's not bad. 
Nice. And and by the way, Fallout 76 really surprised me watching you play that. Um, because for starters, I don't remember the graphics being that good. Hmm. And, um, you know, the, the argument can be made, it was probably more than a year ago last time I touched the game. And uh, in addition, Sean's playing on a PC, which is going to give uh, better hmm. graphics in general oh, than yeah. the console. Okay. So, you know, I, I was really surprised. I looked at that and I thought, man, I could play that game. That's a that's a game Come I'd be back. interested in doing. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to 76. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's been fun. I, uh, I I actually was trying to get some people in our Discord to join me. Hmm. You know, I invite people if they want to join me in the game during mm-hmm. the stream. You know, just, just shoot me a, a PM in Discord. And so if you are listening to this and you want to play on the stream with me on 76 hop in the discord shoot me a a note and uh get together yeah please do that and if you have a high level fallout 76 character and you just want to grief sean during his twitch experience (laughs) uh i encourage you uh to do that to let us know to make a little record your screen while you do it and maybe even your commentary (laughs) yes Uh, because we'd love to feature that on the on the podcast and on the twitch stream so Sean yeah. loves loves it when people. I love griefing, them. being griefed. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna suggest that Derek and Sean have some sort of like battle royale kind of makeshift event between the two of them on Fallout seventy six. That'd be kind of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, um, it's well, and it scales now. <laughs> I don't know if it used to scale, but my my stream character. I mean, a new character just for the stream, so he's only like level eight. Oh, so even if someone joins me at a high level, it'll scale them down to my level really yeah so it it they make things a little more even oh that's cool. interesting okay all right yeah so I'm I'm anyone can play so that together. means my level zero character based off of carol and the walking dead would have a fighting chance <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you'll be you'll be hitting us with like a piece of wood or something and uh, <laughs> taking off yeah. chunks of health <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I've I've watched Sean play. He's like he's like throwing grenades into crevices and stuff. I'm I'm nowhere near on his level, so Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> We'd need a team up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, I'll take down the 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 big Sean character on on Fallout 76. <laughs> uh only in our Discord though. If you're not in the Discord, you're probably not going to be aware of even the opportunity to grieve Sean. <laughs> that's uh, true you're missing out on a lot <laughs> saturdays uh 6 p.m in eastern mm-hmm. ish yep. ish is... well no that's that's usually when i i'm, I'm like one of those schedule people so mm. i i'm i'm there at, at six o'clock <laughs> yeah un- unless uh the septic line uh busts yeah. at your house on the weekend and you have to uh Cancel well, even meetings. through that, I still, I still did it. So. <laughs> wow, impressive! <laughs> Hold your nose. Be out a while. We have we have social media channels: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, others. I think maybe we're we're not no on Parlor anymore. Oh, we should be on. <laughs> <laughs> we should we, we we could have a great TikTok. We don't though. I just imagine it in my head. TikTok. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> post a pop dance. Yeah, just imagine what our TikTok would be like, and uh, <laughs> and go, go subscribe to that. The the stand 
The stand is almost over, guys. So if you are one of those people that wait until the very end of a series to go watch it all, you're almost there. <laughs> uh, Expanse is over. This season of Expanse is over. So um, the apocalypse really hasn't happened yet. Uh, spoiler alert, I guess. But um, it's, kind of. it's a lot of use as spoiler alert does after I've said it. Um, but, but things are heating up and, um, and that's going on that just ended. We have, uh, reviews of every episode of expanse and the stand posted on our website. So, uh, go check those out. If you're watching those series, uh, it's helped to clear up a lot of confusion for me, uh, brought out things that I wasn't confused about. Mm -hmm. And now I am <laughs> attack on Titan still going and it's going to be going for a while. Yes. So get on the board. You can catch up on Hulu and uh, and be up with us on that. We're writing about that every week. Stephanie's writing four or five articles a week, it yeah, seems. Yeah, I'm obsessed. Ooh. I'm writing reviews. And I'm writing, since I haven't read the manga, I'm, you know, this. if you're an anime-only viewer, this is the perfect place for you because I propose theories based on the episodes and then find out two weeks later that my theories were wrong. It's a lot of fun. Right, <laughs> I so love for, this show. For those who don't speak Japanese, could you define those words, anime and manga? Um, yes, sure. The anime is the TV series. Um, well, I guess TV is wrong because it's online. And anyway, it's the online series, and um, manga is the uh, comic base. So that's your your basic rundown right there and the manga is ahead of the comic so that's why i mean sorry the manga is ahead of the anime so that is why manga readers sometimes can spoil anime only viewers all right my grandmother is thoroughly confused at this point so we're just gonna move on <laughs> tribes of europa coming february 19th we're excited about this yeah all very. three of us i would say not not yeah. wanting to speak for you guys, but <laughs> no, I'm excited. I get the about feeling. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, am too. Yeah, it looks. If you like the 100, by the way, um, it sounds like it. There are some similarities. We haven't seen an episode yet, so we can't say for sure what mm -hmm. the what the tone of the show is. I'm I'm hoping for a bit more of a serious take on post nuclear war. That's really my my niche that I'm most mm. enthusiastic about. I could say alien invasion, but you know, I, I just feel like, uh, aliens are so OP in, in reality. Like, <laughs> it's not very reasonable to consider a humanity putting up much of a resistance, but, um, <laughs> but the nuclear war apocalypse, that seems to, to be a, a, distinct likelihood and experts around the world are still telling us even to this day it can happen it could happen soon be ready for it just in case so um yeah the nuclear war trope trope is that a is, does that fit for yeah. nuclear war i don't know yeah nuclear war trope is is a uh setting that that i really like to check out so the 100 really kind of kind of went a little crazy there at the end i think mm -hmm. and uh got into a <laughs> lot got their hands into a lot more cookie jars than just the post-nuclear war but yeah i'm not go, go ahead on. sorry 
I was just going to say, I'm not going to share any spoilers, but yeah, there are some things that really bugged me. And I'm going to, I think I'm going to have to write something about that one of these days. How long, how long till we can spoil the 100 for everybody? (laughs) It's a really good question. There's got to be a statute of limitations and stuff like that. (laughs) Right. I agree. Yeah. 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 We need, we need an official date where we can shout it from the rooftops until then mum's the word. We'll just be vague about it and um, and move on. So we've got the Tribes of Europa, <laughs> February 19th, Walking Dead Returns, season 10, right? Woo! The, like, yeah. the second half of season 10. The seasons yeah. don't even matter anymore with Walking Dead. <laughs> no. Nah. Uh, nah. They <laughs> February tacked 25th. on some episodes at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. They'll be like, we're returning, and then it'll be two episodes, and that's it. And they're like, eh, Yeah. That, I that think- was all... Maybe it had something to do with the pandemic because yeah. we saw what was supposed to be the finale already for season 10. But now they're like tacking on extra episodes and then we're going to have a long wait, longish before the final season. So, yeah. I'm, I'm already confused by what you <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they're filming Fear the Walking Dead like now in austin i keep seeing Hmm. i keep seeing updates about that that they're currently filming so oh nice yeah i fear the walking dead's really good right now so uh Mm -hmm. huzzah on that i don't know when it's coming back but we will be telling you so subscribe to this podcast to find out uh broken roads is a video game that has been announced and is in production and we just wanted to draw attention to it because it is um a lot of the same people that worked on Tides of Numeria, which was an incredibly popular mm. RPG, kind of top down, kind of like the Fallout 1 and 2 style, uh, Wasteland 3 style of, you know, combat and exploration and RPG. That's what they're doing with Broken Roads. And, uh, you know, if you're interested in that, we encourage you to follow that. We Sean wrote about that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so you can get the get the deets on our website. Radlands is a Kickstarter that uh, several of us decided to sponsor. It mm-hmm. is uh, their goal was what did you say, Sean? Their goal was like ten thousand bucks. It was like nineteen thousand, and they're up to like three hundred and seventy-two thousand. Three hundred and seventy-two thousand. Wow. Yeah. Pay attention. Uh, <gasps> entrepreneurs because yeah. we like post-apocalyptic media and we have money so uh <laughs> keep doing stuff like that yeah, radlands looks like fun we'll probably put that uh you know play it on twitch or something and yeah that'd uh, be cool uh, put that up there so tune in for that now those are the announcements let's jump right in to the first topic of the day tribes of europa Yeah, Tribes of Europa is coming out, like you said, uh, it's a week from the day that this podcast comes out, so the 19th of February. And the second trailer dropped this week, and in it, it shows a lot more. I think what they did is, you know, they released the first trailer, and a lot of people said, this looks like the 100. (laughs) And they said, well, let's show a little bit more, because what it was, they had that one tribe leader who had that black makeup across her eyes. Mm-hmm. And they said that looks, everyone said that looks like the 100. So they wanted to show off a little bit more. 
Um, so we get to see a little bit more about what type of uh, atmosphere it is. They talk about it being, you know, post-apocalyptic, like specifically. Um, it's German. It's a German show. So there's German um, subtitle or English mm. subtitles in German speaking, but there's also English spoken also. So it's a kind of like both German and English. Yeah, but the German is subtitled. Huh. Um, and then so the trailer shows a lot of this like kind of dystopian government that wants to rule Europe, but the tribes have taken over. These little tribes have kind of broken out in Europe and they, that's why they call it tribes of Europe. And um, hmm. and they're they're kind of running things. So there's all the little guys are kind of overpowering the big guy and it it's kind of a cool idea. Um, th- apparently what I read the story is that there are three siblings who are separated at some point. I'm not sure exactly how or why and they're all trying to to reunite. They're trying to find each other. And I think they each go to different tribes. And, you know, they kind of get the tribes together. And I don't know much after that, but it seems kind of cool. You know, kind of that. They all learn to be one crew. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it looks pretty cool. The, the vehicles, they show some vehicles in there that look very post-apocalyptic. They show, you know, the whole environment is really great. The costumes, everything. I'm really excited about it. Oh, that sounds great. I'm excited, too. Yeah, that the the preview looks fantastic. If you haven't watched the preview... Go on our website, type in Tribes of Europa, and uh, you'll get Sean's article. And you watch that preview, and I think you'll be excited about it. Um, so that's a that's a week from this Friday. That's February 19th, mm-hmm. if, uh, if you like to keep track of calendars that way. Um, Only on Netflix. Oh, exclusive. really? Yeah, exclusive. Yeah. Nice. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. By the way, you bringing up Netflix just reminds me. I finished um, Alice in Borderland. Oh. Season one was on Netflix, and um, I can't tell you if it's post-apocalyptic. <laughs> <laughs> so we're still in that in that stage, I guess, of of learning about it. Hmm. But um, if you liked that- uh, if you liked Battle Royale. I think it kind of scratches that itch a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hunger Games uh, is another one that's similar to Battle Royale. Yes. So if uh, if you're interested in that, uh, you know, even horror a little bit. So um, not to go too deep into it. But um, moving on, Steph, what's your topic this week? Well, my topic this week is about... Um, this t- this news that came out recently about how Nevada has a bill that would allow tech companies to create local governments. And the reason I thought this was an interesting topic is it's so dystopian and post-apocalyptic related. You know, like we have all had a lot of apocalyptic movies and series where they have the basic... Um, theme of it's now being run by corporations corporations are the governments and this is what's happened as a result and as recently Mm -hmm. hmm? raccoon city from uh resident evil oh okay yeah i um i haven't watched resident evil in a while so i didn't catch the uh (laughs) the reference right away um i was also thinking of that um 
back in 2016, I think it was, Sci-Fi had that series that was executive produced by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck called Incorporated. Oh, Just basically yeah. all about that idea. And I'm really sad it got canceled. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, it really hit on that. Um, so that, that's basically what we've got going on here in Nevada. It was introduced by the governor, so it's not a thing yet, but I'm just like reading this one article about it. Uh, hopefully, you know, maybe we'll have something about it on our website as I'm right, as I'm talking, we don't, but so I'm just reading from some other stories. Basically, the idea is that these governments would, um, if you have a large enough, if a company has a large enough block of land in Nevada, so it's not available to just anybody. They have to have, I think it was like a certain amount of land and maybe like pay $250 million at least into it. I'd have to double check that. Then they would be able to have the option of having that block of land being their own government so to speak, that they run, kind of at a county level. So it'd be a roughly equivalent to county level government. So it, it wouldn't surpass the state or the federal government. They'd have the authority to uh, impose their own taxes, form their own school districts, provide governmental services, and even have their own justice courts, which wow. I found most interesting. The, the idea of these uh, corporations having their own courts so hmm. that that's basically the gist of it. And I guess the question is, you know, we of course we'd have to know more about it, you know, and how that works, but I was seeing all these people <laughs> on my Facebook. Hmm. How could it go wrong? And <laughs> all these people on my timeline were like, "Well, that's how these apocalyptic things begin and, you know, <laughs> they're just going to grow and grab more power and take over." And obviously that was my first reaction just based on all the apocalypse stuff that I've been exposed to <laughs> yeah. in my viewing. I think, um, I think it's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I lived in Arizona for a few years and there were a lot of tribal lands out there. And this reminds me of that, like a reservation uh, where, you know, tribal lands, they have their own courts, their own police officers, their mm -hmm. own everything, their own laws, their own, you know, and, um, but at the same time, it's what's interesting about that is what I can see happening with this. The tribes, uh, the reservation tribes have found a way to make a lot of money with uh, casinos. Mm -hmm. So now the government is like, oh, wait a minute. Let's see how we can, you know, take advantage of that. And now that they're doing really, really well for themselves, let's <laughs> let's see. So I, I, I feel like maybe it might come to that where they, they're like, yeah, you guys go play government, you know, however you want to do it make your own little states but then once one of those states discovers something that you know like a a resource or something like that then the government the the federal government's probably going to be like wait a minute that's actually our land still so <laughs> you know let us in there i don't know I, that's just, that's my skepticism talking there but i i just i feel like i could see that happening yeah yeah i could see that my uh one of my first thoughts was just about the whole court system <laughs> and just me being super skeptical, thinking, you know, oh, you get injured in the corporation's county and you buy something connected to the corporation and now you have to sue them and run it through the corporate 
court system yeah, and yeah. you know what you are the chances pepsi at, at the restaurant and you know we're a coke town yeah yeah. <laughs> it's like just it's how a, how likely is that going to be to go well i don't know um <laughs> it's already like that, that with sports teams though you know <laughs> oh that's a good point yeah. huh. around where i live you're either an alabama fan or auburn fan and if you wear an auburn sweatshirt around here <laughs> you'll get you'll get a talking to so. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I imagine it's like that everywhere. I oh imagine. my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't think it's quite to Alabama. I think Alabama kind of takes it to a new level. Mm. Yeah, the yeah. in-state rivalry situation. Yeah, but um, you know, in 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 Texas, we do have our in-state rivalry. It's it's less so now because the teams don't even play each other anymore. Yeah. They're, they uh, kind of killed the in-state rivalry. Yeah, our two biggest schools played each other every year for like 100 years, and then they started getting uh, involved in these petty, like, we want to uh, make more money from airing the game on our network. And, yeah. you know, and now they don't even play at all. So, and, yeah. and we, we, we know, you know, we Stephanie went to both schools. I went to one of them. And um, we have some inside connections. And they indicate that there's no hope. Like even if one side went hat in hand and tried to mend the relationship, it's already so bad that uh, they yeah. would just spit in their face. So in a way, that is a type of a rivalry, but it's not yeah. as fun for us sports fans. <laughs> no, sadly. Um, yeah, I'm thinking of like uh, while we we have to consider the negatives of of this, I think it's also fair to consider some positives. Like, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, could we do a Kickstarter? Could post-apocalyptic media incorporate our town and like have all those preppers <laughs> yeah. just like have a we, prepper uh, community? Oh, my gosh. I wonder how much money we would need to buy. They call them innovation zones. How far, yeah. how, how much money we would need to buy like 50, 70,000 acres? I'm just kind of glancing at this story. And this is, who knows, random numbers. <laughs> That'd be so great, though, wouldn't it? Post-apocalyptic. We would be completely off-grid. We would, you know, make all our own power, purify our own water. I think that this could work out for us. <laughs> We'd probably be very well-armed. And, yeah. um, you know, the court <laughs> system. Like, I'm like, you know, what, what would it be? Like, if it's a company, they'd be like, employee of the week gets to be judge. Oh, my God. <laughs> for <Yeah>. this month. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Or uh, pit fighting, which I hate so much. Oh I hate so gosh. much that pit we fighting is in every. Thunderdome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I hate the trope of pit <laughs> fighting because it's in everything. Mm. Everything. Steph's but, the one woman who shows up at our committee meetings and is like, the pit fighting has to stop. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone would be like, okay, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> Too many people dying. <laughs> I would though. I would constantly fight against eyes. the pit fights. Sean's got that <laughs> gas guzzler and he's always driving it up and down the roads. <laughs> we need a noise ordinance. <laughs> yes. I would well, I would be the pro noise ordinance person and be like, ah, oh, just have fun, chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd propose a law against uh what what they call them in, in the new Mad Max um oil boil boys or something. Blood Blood Boys? War Boys? Don't war remember. Boys, yeah. yeah. We need a law against War Boys. They've been terrorizing the roads. 
<laughs> I think that that could be fun. So, you know, I'm going to percolate that a little bit. Percolate? What? It's not the right word. I don't know. Let that they, percolate? Let that percolate in my head. And uh, and we'll see. Maybe I can find some land uh, big enough. I have a, a legal education, so maybe I can I can spin that for the post-apocalyptic community. <laughs> yeah, the the Kickstarter idea is the best way to make that a reality. I think. I uh, I mean, I sometimes think you know one of my favorite TV series that's not apocalyptic was Eureka. I loved the idea of just a town where you have all these crazy scientific things going on you're way ahead of everyone else because you're basically the beta testers for everything so maybe you want that that'll happen <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that'd be fun i'd want to go there <laughs> well okay so i th i think uh, we've convinced stephanie to um not be completely against the idea you have you've convinced me yeah you just <laughs> don't want to live word. in like monster energy town where they're like <laughs> you can't get yeah. water from the water fountains because it's like caffeinated with <laughs> electrolytes yeah i don't want to be like thrown in jail for drinking the wrong brand or for speaking out against the corporation you know i guess theoretically you could move out of the corporation's town and then speak out but you know I think the lesson that's always learned in something like this is people think that they can, um, you know, they're like, oh, we'll have the freedom to start our own thing. And it always ends up just becoming America again. It just, <laughs> it's just every time. It's just, that's like a movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I can see that. Um, moving on. Um, so I have a few, a few topics to discuss this week. So, um, I'm going to start out by saying my piece on cryptocurrency. So right now, oh. if you know about it, then you know about it. And you're already mm -hmm. kind of like watching the cryptocurrency market. We're in, I know about it. Um, <laughs> what people are calling <laughs> Stephanie. Yeah, Stephanie knows about it. She bought some doji uh, not too long I ago. Did. Is it doji or dogey? Or doggy? Uh, I've heard it called doge before. Yeah, me too. I've so... Heard <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think there's a, but like it's supposed to be doji, do, doji, right? It's like dog. Do, I honestly it's don't. It's based know. on that meme, that doge doggy. meme of oh, the dog. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I have a very small amount of that. Oh yeah, I guess I guess we the the man wants wants us to say this is not investing advice. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's not Disclaimer. investing. Advice. So yeah, we got we're we're in a lot of this stuff. So you know, you should just assume that I am everything I'm saying is just to convince you to uh, prop up my <laughs> own financial adventures. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, cryptocurrency. First of all, cryptocurrency is a computer thing, and um, most apocalypses involve computers being completely unusable not too long you know after the event and that's because computers depend on a lot of stuff right you got electricity first of all and then you have the network which is essentially computers all over the world that are on electricity and connected to each other so when you when you add all that up cryptocurrency doesn't seem like 
much of a of a prepper's tool. Yeah. You know, they're not going to care how much doji you have. You know, when you're talking to the local warlord and trying to get some pure water from him. Mm. However, unless it's go ahead. Elon Musk and he's the local warlord, I don't <laughs> <care>. <laughs> <laughs> that's somewhat realistic. Um, Elon Musk, by the way, he is uh, he's got a company called the Boring Company that uh, it's its primary purpose other than selling um you know uh quote unquote flamethrowers which are just <laughs> welding devices that have been outfitted with like a little bit more power um elon musk has the boring company which drills holes under the ground and creates like roads he he can create underground roads for a tenth of the cost that they were being made for and um you know, his whole thing was like, you know, if you want a uh, shortcut to your office or something and you're extraordinarily wealthy, then, you know, hire the boring company. But I think there's more to it. And um, fact is, if there mo a lot of the apocalypses that can happen, if you are deep underground, they don't really affect you much at all. So uh, I think that Elon maybe is a, by the way, the most rich man in the world as of now. Uh, yeah. I think he may be a prepper of, of sorts. He's definitely like trying to get humanity to have a base on Mars just in case this whole Earth experiment goes sideways more than it already is. Um, <laughs> yes. Digging underground, pitching cryptocurrency. So why would cr pitching cryptocurrencies be at all, um, uh, you know, something that a prepper would consider? Well, let me tell you this. Uh, prepping and apocalypse thinking also involves dystopia and a dystopia is essentially when things get really weird in society and uh it's unrecognizable almost from from where we're at so in a dystopia uh there there are reasons to have cryptocurrencies you know first of all um you can hold money you can you can transport your wealth uh, say you go outside of the country and you need to get that money out. If you're in a dystopian government, they might be able to lock down your accounts. Um, whereas the premise of cryptocurrencies, now every cryptocurrency is different. Every single one's different. You can't just learn about one and understand all of them, unfortunately. So um, you have to look into each one. But let's talk about Bitcoin for a second. If your government wants to take your Bitcoin, but they don't have your passwords, they're out of luck. Now, somebody would say, you know, what they're going to do in that case is they're going to hand somebody a, a hammer and say, you know, hit this guy with a hammer until he gives us the passwords. <laughs> and in that case, you're out of luck. But if, you know, if you're really trying to uh, transport your funds, your money, whatever, out of a dystopian environment, cryptocurrency can help with that. So, um, you know, and, and it, but each one's unique. You will have to look into each one. I can tell you, you know, Bitcoin is, um, has been around for a long while and it seems to not be hackable. If anybody were able to hack Bitcoin, they would be a billionaire overnight. Um, so it seems to be unhackable. It's also, uh, kind of slow. If you want to move money, uh, from one Bitcoin account to the next, you're going to need probably 20 minutes, maybe more. And um, and it also, you know, has some fees involved. 
but uh, there are cr other cryptos out there that are much cheaper in fees, some of them fee-less, some of them much faster, some of them instant or seemingly instant. Um, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not wanting to use this segment as an opportunity to pitch all the different cryptos, uh, which I am tempted to do because I'm very much involved <laughs> in this market. But the idea of owning some is a good idea. And here's another reason, not just moving money outside of the economy, but uh, the U.S. dollar has a very different inflation scheme than Bitcoin does. And so let me explain that real quick. Bitcoin is inflationary, which means there are new Bitcoins being introduced into the market. They come through the Bitcoin miners, the people who run the machinery that Bitcoin depends on. Those people get a little bit of Bitcoin for their effort and then they sell it onto the market. So that, um, you know, affects the supply. And if you know about currencies, it's all about the supply and demand. Um, if somebody else is offering you, you know, more money for your property, you're going to sell to whoever offered you more money. It's all about the supply, the value that you're getting. So um, Bitcoin has is set on a schedule. You can know exactly how many Bitcoin is out there and how many will be out there on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday. You can know that for certain. The U.S. dollar is not like that. With the U.S. dollar, you have a Federal Reserve who is in charge of increasing or decreasing the monetary supply of dollars that are floating out there around the world. And it gets very complicated very fast, but you know, one thing that you need to understand about our current situation is that um, our monetary supply is increasing at an accelerating rate right now. So, um, you know, the dollars that you have in your bank account are uh, increasingly competing against more dollars that are out and about. And so that's why you see housing prices are going up pretty fast right now. Uh, hard mm. assets like that, which are limited in supply, they're not making new land, yeah. uh, tend to do well against the dollar. If you're, you know, so, so now we're comparing monetary policies, the dollar, which there's more and more of it to land, which there's the same amount. So that's why the price goes up. Uh, you know, and there's other factors. There's the increasing population or foreign investors and so, and so, so forth. But um, one thing you might want to consider is diversifying into some cryptos because they have an inflationary scheme that is uh, that is a little more appropriate to preserving your wealth. Um, Sean, you got anything to add to that? Um, I agree. I mean... You're exactly right on everything. Uh, I, I think that, like you said, people need to research if they want to get into this, research the different kinds. There's Ethereum, mm. you know, there's Litecoin. Um, there's actually even different versions of Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and like you said, they all have their own kind of things about them, you know, like unique things. But uh, I think a lot of people don't understand exactly what it is. And I'm glad you explained it because it's, it, people just think it's like this imaginary thing that people are just throwing money at and it's going to make them a lot of money. Well, it, it can go down too, you know, as we yeah. saw a couple of weeks ago. And then actually a couple of days ago, uh, Elon Musk said that they, that Tesla is now going to accept Bitcoin as a payment for Teslas. And they oh, yeah, bought 
billion Bitcoin, uh, $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. Wow. And it just skyrocketed. Like it was amazing. And I wish I had some at that point, but I didn't. I, <laughs> oh my gosh, right? Because uh, what I do is I, I day trade it and I, you know, I'll buy and sell. And so he did this at seven in the morning. And that's before I usually start looking at the market. I look at the market. And it's anyway, so oh, it's, it's still, it still has a volatility to it, you know, that I think people do need to be aware of. It can mm -hmm. go up and down, you know. Um, but at the same time, that's looking at it from a totally different perspective. That's my perspective, which is making money that day on mm. it, you know, or making some money. Not not it as an investment thing, you know, long-term investment, which I'm not really looking mm. at. Uh, although I do have Ethereum that I've had for a long time. Uh, can I can I say exactly what I have? Is that all right? <laughs> is that like a financial? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I know a lot of people get How weird about that. How much Ethereum, in fact? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that I won't say. But Sean, no. tell us your exact holdings, please. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's what I think. That's what I wanted to point out, that there's like different ways to look at it. Um, but I think you're. You're exactly right, and that's a very important part of it. Is it's looking at it as a, a kind of a long-term, you know, protection from what's happening with the dollar is a definite good idea, also, because that's that's a big part of it. Yeah, and and there's um, I didn't really d go into it, but there is a uh, aspect of this that it's decentralized, and mm. you know what that means is that uh, like currently. Um, there was a guy, you know, he's president of Venezuela and, uh, you know, some countries didn't like what he was doing, not getting into that. But but the bottom line is they froze his accounts in London. And mm -hmm. so he he had millions of dollars and now he doesn't. And that is because the government said so. Yep. Um, that is a uh, scary thing for a lot of people. And with these things, there is no central authority that's going to rule and say, you can't access that Bitcoin. You can't access that Litecoin. Um, you know, like I said, there are end arounds where they can come and capture you and then then you don't access anything. But um, if you barring that if you're a free person with access to the internet you have access to your cryptos and nobody there's no gatekeepers so um uh that can be important you know i remember when i was watching um when i was young i was watching the movie born identity mm. and this guy he wakes up and he has no memory whatsoever spoilers for the first movie by the way uh, <laughs> 20 year old movie. okay <laughs> he wakes up and he has no memory whatsoever and he finds this little like code embedded into his skin and he's able to use that to access an account in switzerland i think hmm. it's switzerland but he accesses an account and i thought that is that's the gold standard of like having some some backup money somewhere is to have a swiss account that's just a numbered account and you can give them those numbers now naturally politicians don't like that being an option for us because you know what if you got a lot of money that you put over there and they want to tax that money <laughs> they're you know they're out of luck so uh you know there is this this push and pull between regulators but with bitcoin you have that if you say for instance if you could memorize your seed phrase is is what it's called it's basically a code that you can put into um uh you can, by the way uh sean's <laughs> video just turned green oh did so, it green. 
Alright, and we're back from a technical difficulty. I was just explaining how if you have a seed phrase, you can access your coins. Uh, for most of these cryptocurrencies, like I said, they're all different. But uh, in general, you have this like string of characters. It's like, it's pretty long. It's, it's usually like, I think 80 characters-ish. But if you have it, you put it into a wallet and boom, your coins are there. And uh, so if you were to say, write that down, um, that can be stolen. But if you memorized it, then you could ac have access to your coins wherever you are in the world. And so um, if you wake up in Mexico or something and you've got nothing and your kidney's missing, um, you can just, uh, you know, go go use your cryptocurrencies to buy a plane ticket or get the medical help you need, whatever it is. <laughs> um that is uh, is something you can you can use something called Warp Wallet for Bitcoin, hmm. and that will allow you to uh, you put in a few a phrase or something that you can memorize, and it'll spit out your seed. So just a, just something if you're really looking to um, to have that Swiss bank account type situation going on, that might be something that that you'd be interested in looking into. Um. And then, and then, you know, Sean mentioned Ethereum. Ethereum is building all sorts of decentralized financial products. So right now you could go to Compound. Uh, I think it's compound.finance. And you can take USD stablecoins. I haven't even mentioned what a stablecoin is. Stablecoins are uh, when you like, you could say like give a dollar to the bank and the bank can issue you a USD stablecoin. And that stablecoin can can work, can like move on the Ethereum network and move around. You can use it, whatever. Anytime anybody wants to exchange it, they take those stablecoins, give them back to the bank. The bank releases those dollars. One-to-one hmm. -one back dollars. They just digitize them. So uh, lots of product products that <laughs> – lots of learning if you want to get into – cryptos but uh you know one thing you can do with that is you can go to compound.finance you can put those stable coins into an interest bearing account and instead of getting what you you normally would hmm. which is like half a percent on that you could get maybe eight percent hmm. oh interesting and that's in a decentralized nobody else holds those coins it's in a contract a smart contract that is publicly viewable um, this is all super complicated and I'm, I'm probably overwhelming most people listening right now. However, I just want you to know what's possible right now. I have, um, Ethereum and a smart contract and it looks at the market and sees what's going on in the market. And it makes a decision whether to turn the Ethereum into stable coins or to turn those stable coins back into Ethereum. And that's all, it, all that contract does. And that's decentralized. I keep on mentioning that word, and but that's because I don't trust institutions very much, and I don't trust the government very much, and so it really appeals to me that no one else is in charge of these funds mm. but me, and there's no gatekeepers and no bankers and no laws that are going to prevent me from being able to do what I want with, with this wealth that I have. Yeah, and you know what I think is fascinating, too? There's this news story. I didn't read the story, so I don't know everything about it. But in Nigeria, they stopped a crypto coin. They won't allow their citizens to participate in crypto coin, but people are finding a way around it. You know, huh. they're, And that's what I love about it. It's like this innovation of, of still making sure that they can get this. That's kind of the point, you know? 
so interesting. Yeah, yeah, a modern, that's a modern example of a dystopian yeah. society in which crypto is helping people to uh, evade that. You know, and mm -hmm. I hear like in places with extreme inflation, like in Venezuela, people are turning to cryptos because, uh, you know, it helps them hold that value. And, you know, I would mm -hmm. argue that the USA is kind of an extreme inflation at the moment, but maybe not to the extent that those other countries are. Hmm. But, uh, you know, it's, it is a, a hedge against that. So, um, a good point. I think I'll wrap that up there. Um, uh, because, uh, I think I've, I've, I've confused even the crypto experts in our audience. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done my job. Um, <laughs> all right. So last topic of the day, I wanted to save this until the end because I wanted to give people a chance to turn off the podcast if they aren't caught up on the stand. The stand is one episode away from being over with. And uh, we just had an episode and I wanted to know, first of all, what are you guys thoughts about it at this point? Um, I I've only watched the first two episodes and so I haven't caught up, but I read the book and I saw the 1994 miniseries. You know, I, I love the, the whole story. I've seen, you know, seen it a million times, but this particular one I haven't uh, caught up with. Oh, okay. Steph, thoughts? Um, well, now I'm really curious if the part we watched is reflected in the books. <laughs> I mean, in the book. Sorry, I haven't read the book. And there was... I, I guess we're we're being spoiled. We're not worrying about spoilers, right, Derek? So just uh, talk freely. <laughs> yeah, the um, book is from what seventy nine, so I think. Yeah. Oh, good point. <laughs> so I don't know, you know, and I don't want to take away what Derek's going to talk about. So I'll just be a little vague, and then Derek, you can jump in more. But there are some aspects of this last episode with the way they, um, the way they got. <laughs> The way they resolve the issues with the big bad character with the with Randall Flag, that I just had some issues with, <laughs> and and some of the philosophical points that came out of you know, if you're gonna, it was interesting you know like there's no big reward for doing good, um, for turning around at the last minute and deciding oh I've changed my mind and this this other side is the good side and I'm now gonna side with them. You know, um, you know, it's just like, well, tough, <laughs> which is interesting, an interesting perspective, you know, maybe more realistic in some ways. And um, but also, though, the way they wrapped up and resolved Randall Flagg is very bothers me a lot. And I don't know if it's reflected that way in the books. But, I, you know, Derek, you might be talking more about that in your part. So I'll reserve that for you. But those those are my I've enjoyed the series. Don't get me wrong. I've enjoyed the series a lot, but I had some issues with this last episode. Yeah, I, I did too. I, I think that, that those are good points. I felt the same way. It was a good series that disappointed me there at the end, um, towards the end. I guess we're not at the end yet, and maybe it can uh, somehow claw back, but I feel like um, throughout the series, we're, we're shown this good versus evil kind of dynamic where uh, you have this devil kind of a character who, uh, who is trying to rally, uh, you know, the worst parts of human nature and uh, rally the people around 
I guess, sinfulness and, and law, lawlessness kind of a, a mentality. And then you have this other community that's, um, that's more good focused and, and kind of more traditional. Uh, but what you have is you have a very active Satan character and an almost non-existent God character. You have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the old woman, she kind of has this connection with God and she's giving these prophecies that, um, uh, you know, lead these these good people to go to Vegas, and many of them die in the process. And it's like, okay, you know, it's kind of this traditional where where God's involved, but He's more hands off than the other guy, which you know, it, which is um, it, it jives with a lot of people's you know kind of religious perspectives and uh, has a consistency to it. But then in this episode. Uh, there's a there's a divine intervention, and um, God basically yeah. does come and and start executing judgments on people. And so, I'm left to wonder, you know, why did he wait so long? <laughs> why did he let all those good people, uh, you know, die in this in this quest that um, that seemingly was unnecessary since uh, the divine judgment was going to come anyways? Um, you know, I guess you could argue that this spawn of satan um got killed because of what the people did and not what the divine intervention did but uh you know you have the i think his name was lloyd maybe uh, who was like he was imprisoned and he was starving and flag helped him and he had this whole redemption arc where he like starts to question whether he's doing the right thing in new vegas and eventually turns on flag and he overcomes all of that, and then the divine intervention kills him anyways. Yeah, yeah, he still has to face divine judgment, and that just seems wrong. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm just feeling a little disappointed in how it all ends up. Um, I I really loved many of the characters, and I feel like they were so realistic and human. Yeah. Um. They were complicated, gray characters much of the time, uh, some of them inspirational. So I really, I did really like that. And I will say that that nuclear explosion there at the end, beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. They did that really well. (laughs) But, uh, uh, you know, it's, um, I think that the book is similar. Isn't that right, Sean? Are the things I'm saying jiving? Yeah, I mean, overall, it's, you know, good versus evil, Mother Abigail versus Randall Flagg. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's what it is. They, From what I hear, they've changed a lot in this new series. I mean, the little things aren't a big deal. It changed some people here and there. Um, but the way they present it is out of order, I've heard, that they present. And I even saw that in the first couple episodes where they'll, they'll do, like, someone's uh, you know, kind of currently where they're at, and then they'll do their backstory. Mm-hmm. But in the book, it's like it starts at the beginning. It shows Fran, you know, from the very beginning, and then it even has some kind of pre-apocalyptic stuff in there, and then hmm. it goes into how everything ev- evolves from there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I would prefer because I haven't seen all these, you know, the way of, that they that they're doing it here. Uh, but it seems to upset a lot of people. <laughs> Interesting. Of so I don't know. So you've heard rumblings that. Yeah. A lot of people are not happy with it. 
but I think I've, you know, we say that that on the show a lot that you know, the <laughs> people true. who are rumbling about, you know, the, the negativity is people who are not just enjoying the show. Like people mm. who complain about games are not the ones actually playing the games and having fun. So, true. you know, it, the, the squeaky wheel and all that, you know. So. <laughs> no, that's a that's a good point. Yeah, we don't we don't want to veer off into nitpicking a great yeah. story, and there yeah. are great aspects to this story, no doubt. Yeah, I really like the characters um, that were sent. I th- I think all of them, you know, the in the, the last quest, which was um, the guy from Westworld. <laughs> I don't know anybody's name. Um, yeah, I know you're talking about. The intellectual guy, I really, I really mm-hmm. identified with the intellectual guy who I liked uh, him too. gets killed at the trial. But, um, but yeah, it it kind of it just bothered me that um, the the way that the, uh, the it kind of resolved Randall Flag. I thought it would be more interesting if it was an organic kind of taking him down where the humans yeah y- y- overcame him rather than. Um, Rather than more, but you have you have Trash Can Man, who brings the weapon that ultimately mm-hmm. destroys Vegas. So um, in that way, you could say that the humans got this close, but it didn't detonate until God. I guess I mean I'm I'm saying God. I don't know what the thing was, but the whatever it was that came detonates that nuke. Uh, okay, so I think that we've. Um, spoiled everybody for the whole series <laughs> but we gave you a warning first <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah you can't blame us we told you we were gonna do it and here we are <laughs> so um anyways the last episode's there i say watch it even oh, if yeah. you want to just you know poop all over it like we are <laughs> uh watch it first and then you can join us in in knowing uh exactly why you hate it join us on <laughs> discord and tell us all about it. Oh, yes. <laughs> do. Do tell us on Discord. Yeah. Get in there. We're currently talking about it. I'm telling uh, Soldier888 all about my problems with the stand. And, uh, <laughs> and he's trying to defend it. And he's putting up a, a valiant effort. So um, kudos <laughs> to him. Uh, you guys, thank you so much for joining us for just a friendly chat about all things post-apocalyptic. We're going to be here every week. So put that put that little subscribe button to good use. Smash that like button if that exists in your <laughs> podcast software. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, join us each week and join us on the Discord because we'd like to visit with you. Thank you all for coming. Be safe out there and always be ready for the big one. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.